Well, this morning, uh, if you turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, whenever we're thinking about well, these particular two, two verses here, it's, um, I think there was something of very, you know, I, I've read this over, of course, you know, many years, and uh, you always question or wonder, okay, what's this mean? How does this fit? You know, what's the purpose of all these things? Well, I want you to know, I have found the answer. <laughs> You'll find, amen. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, the verdict is still out on that, right? Okay, we'll find out. But anyhow, the title of the message is Patches, Patches, Patchwork, Patching Things Together. Um, whenever we think of patching things together, I remember our first Christmas. And that's a long time ago, you know, and we made pillows. And we made them out of scraps of of fabric. And, you know, did I sew them? Yeah, I, I sewed them. I, see, I had to remember if I did or not. Yeah, and uh, when we stuffed them with, you know, fibers and all that stuff and gave them out, all that stuff and gave them out to some of the family. And surprisingly, uh, her aunt and uncle had them for 30 years. <laughs> I mean, you would go to their house, there was our pillow that we made. And he, and he said, that was the best pillow he's ever had. And I said, thank you very much. <laughs> but they were just small pillows, you know, and that we sewed them together out of different fabrics because we didn't, you know, back in those days, <laughs> home missions work and up in northern Maine, we were guaranteed 25 bucks a month. Yes. And uh, so we made, you know, made the most of it, but that's how... We made our Christmas gifts made out of these patches of material. So whenever you think of patchwork or patches, I'm sure different concepts, different ideas come to your mind because it is basically this uh, uh, working or sewing in which small pieces of cloth on uh, different sizes, sections, colors, whatever, are applied to another fabric. So those types of patches. Well. In the scripture that we have today, verse chapter, chapter 9 of Matthew, verse 16, when someone sews a patch over a hole in an old coat, they never use a piece of cloth that has not already been shrunk. If they do, the patch will shrink and pull away from the coat. Then the hole will be worse. Now, what is he talking about? <laughs> you know, old garments, new patches, What's he talking about? Well, I thought of uh, in, when Nicodemus comes to Jesus, and Nicodemus says to Jesus, you know, you know, how do you get to heaven? Well, Jesus, well, you must be born again. And, you know, it's like, well, how can I do that when I'm an, old, when I'm an older person? <laughs> He's telling him. Well, Jesus tells him it's a spiritual birth. It's not of, of, of a physical, you've been born once physically, now you need to be born again spiritually. Well, whenever we're looking at this patching and this idea of old, old garments, we're finding that the old garment for Nicodemus was the laws and the religious system of, 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 of Judaism, and he was an expert in that. And he didn't understand this idea of Jesus coming in. So he's trying to figure out how that Jesus fits into this new, into his old religion. How does Jesus fit into what was the Old Testament, what we know as the Old Testament, and the, 
the laws and all that and the, and the temple worship and all that. He's trying, how do you fit into all this? You are a teacher, you know, you're, you're a great miracle worker, but how do you fit into this? Well, Jesus takes from what he knows to what he doesn't know. Well, in this particular text, Jesus is letting them know that he is a new garment. And who he is cannot patch up the flaws of the old garment, of the Old Testament. And he didn't come to patch it up. He came to fulfill it. And so he, he, not, he is not just the patchwork for the Old Testament. He is the Messiah. He is the new cloth. He, you know, he's cut from a new cloth. And uh, his work is that which cannot be patched over the old. And in our lives, we are finding the same purpose going on, that God isn't patching up our life. He doesn't come along to patch up our flaws he comes to renew us and give us new life in Christ. So looking for Jesus to kind of patch up the mistakes and failures that we've made, no. He tells us, forgive, you know, he wants to forgive us of all those and start anew. Let go of all of those sins and start anew with our relationship with him. It is a new garment, a garment of praise, a garment of, of fellowship. Uh, you know, we've got a new life. We've got a new relationship. All things, old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. So in this new patchwork here, in this idea here, Jesus is telling them in a, in a very roundabout way about looking at something that they understand. You know whenever you're sewing a garment, one that's already been washed and so on, you don't put a new patch on there. Jesus is coming and saying, I'm, you know, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm not the patchwork for the Old Testament. <laughs> I'm not the patchwork for the flaws of the priesthood and of, 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 the, of the sacrificial system. Jesus came to fulfill it. And then, just after that, verse 17, and also, people never pour new wine into old wineskins. Again, what is, you know, what's he talking about? Well, whenever you start seeing the patchwork and the new garment, and how the Jesus doesn't come to patch up the old things, the same thing is presented here. People never pour new wine into old wineskins. They would break the wine, excuse me, they would, they would break, the wine would spill out, and the wineskins would be ruined. People always put new wine into new wineskins, which won't break, and the wine stays good. So we find that the new wine, of course, is Jesus Christ. And putting it into new wineskins is a, basically a new life that is beginning. And he is allowing this uh, new life, this new body, we, new relationship with Jesus, that we have the new wine. <laughs> there was a song years ago about new wine that we've been drinking of. You know, It's a spiritual, it's a spiritual uh, wine, as it were, of how that God has brought a newness into our, into our hearts and into our lives. And so we find that to replace those hundreds of laws of the Old Testament and of the, of the Pharisees and Sadducees, he, he replaces them with a personal God, a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. So that's being replaced. So he's telling about the new wine. 
and being placed into new wineskins, meaning that wine, I'm not an expert in wine, but uh, wine ferments and it expands, and, you know, and the old wineskins are hard and crusted. It's not crusted over, but they're, they're hard, they're leathery. And if you put new wine in there, it expands, it'll crack the leather, and it'll, it'll, it'll break, and everything is ruined. The wineskin and the wine itself, it's gone. Now, years ago I, I did a series on, or a sermon on, um, how that God poured out the wine from vessel to vessel. And they, I don't, I don't understand, you know, I'm, I'm not sure whether or not, you know, they had these garments and things, I'm not sure of the weaving or why they just didn't pour it through a strainer. But what would happen is the people would make the wine, the grapes, and one of the things that is important here is the transformation. Grapes becoming juice, becoming wine. Now, in our life, there is a transformation from who we are, who we are in Christ, and what we become. And whenever they were making this process of, of making the wine, they would put it into these vats, these jars, and after a period of time, they would take it and they would pour it into another vessel. But what they would do is they would leave behind the lees and the dredges, meaning that the, the, the juice itself, the impurities would settle out and they would go to the bottom. And so they would pour out the juice that was on top making sure you didn't pour the bottom, the dredges, the, the stuff that you want to throw away that you wanted to get rid of. Sometimes in our lives, we feel like we're being poured from vessel to vessel. We feel like times are difficult, and it's like, when, <laughs> when is this change ever going to stop? Well, perhaps it is God doing this work in our life that he's pouring us out in the, the things that... We need to let go of, we need to particularly leave those things behind. And that leave those dredges, those lees, as it were, leave them behind and they pour it from vessel to vessel until there are no more dredges. Throughout the Bible, the use of wine symbolizes either God's blessing or God's judgment. And whenever he talks about being drunken and using the dredges and getting drunk on the leaves and so on, it's generally about um, God's judgment being, being poured out upon people. And sometimes it is spoken of in a sense of relational, of family, of, of, uh, of joy and happiness. They, the idea of allowing the, the new wine, as it were, in our relationship with Christ, to be part of our relationship with others. It's important that that which God brings into our life does not fit into the old containers. The old containers that we have, we're changing. You're not the same person you were five years ago. <laughs> You're not the same person you were last year. So our container is changing. And God is doing new works and new things, and he's bringing new ideas and new concepts, new understanding of the scriptures into our hearts so that we can grow in our relationship with him and our relationship with others. So the patchwork, well, it isn't old patches, it's new patches. There are new things that God wants to do in our life, and do you know 
some, uh, some of the jeans that some people wear need patches. That's a little, you know, the old farmer in me, <laughs> he, never wore jean, he never wore jeans that had holes in to, to school. That would, be, that would be terrible to wear holy jeans to chur- to from, you know, from the farm to, to school. People make fun of you. Okay, that's enough of that. So, <laughs> but you see, Jesus doesn't fit into the old patterns, the old paths. He you know, the old patterns of our life, they need to be changed. And so there's a new life that we have in Christ. So that's the, the newness of who we become. We're, you know, we're used to thinking of this transformation as uh, the kids used to sing at um, tadpoles. What, what is it now? Bullfrogs and butterflies, you know? You know, the tadpoles go, you know, fishy things floating around, swimming around, turn into frogs, and uh, caterpillars turn into butterflies. And so there is this change, transformation. And so the new life, the new wine is kind of that same understanding, the new, the new patch on a new garment, the new, new wine, the new wineskin. It's that type of relationship. And then just as all of that's going on, we have this situation showing up. Verse 18. While Jesus was still talking, a leader of the synagogue came to him. <laughs> now, it's, I think it's just it's kind of like, what's this, what's this doing in the middle of this and these two stories? You know, new wine, new patches. What's all this? Well, it's showing us that the relationship that Jesus Christ has with his people, with, with this new relationship that he is establishing, it is different than what they'd already known or what they'd been accustomed to. This religious leader from the synagogue came to him and the leader bowed down before him and said, my daughter has just died, but if you will come and touch her, with your hand she will live. (laughs) So Jesus is not, is certainly not just a, a new patch because this is not something that any of the other rabbis or any of the other uh, religious professionals would have thought of. This is completely different. You know, this man, this, this man whose daughter has died, he doesn't go to the synagogue. He doesn't go to the um, temple because they are just business as usual. But somehow the word of Jesus must have found its way into this man's life and it created a, a hope. It created life. It created an expectation that if he would just come and put his hand upon his daughter, she would be well. See, that's a whole new concept. And you can't put that new patch into an old system. You can't, put this, you can't put this new theology, this new idea, this new wine of Jesus into the old system. It just doesn't work. And so, going back to last week's message about the, the hard path, the rocky ground, the thorn bushes, and the, the good soil, this individual had had Something of God's word fall upon his life of Jesus and his word fall upon his life that it was a good soil. And the good soil recognized Jesus for who he is. And it began to sprout a seed of hope and of life and of expectation beyond the normal. 
the normal says, your daughter is gone, just let it be. But in this case, he had hope in his life that even though his daughter had died, he had something that was growing in his soil of his heart that Jesus could make a difference. And you see, not always is this person going to come back to life that we pray for, but there is a soil in our heart that the, the seed of God grows in, and there's an expectation that takes place, an expectation of something good, something different. It's the old patch on the old garment says, let it be, <laughs> let it go. That's just not for your life. That's just not for you. But this new wine, this new patch, this new understanding that's growing from God's word in our hearts and minds says there's hope here. There's an expectation here. If Jesus would just come and touch my daughter, she would live. <laughs> you see, people who live in the past... There's nothing more. The old garment, the old ways, life is life, and it's just, it is what it is. That's a good new expression. Just is what it is. Well, God is saying, not always. <laughs> and in this case, there's a, a word, but. You know, my daughter has died, but if you will come. How many times do we state what the fact is you know, like, he comes with the fact, my daughter has died. Okay, we come with the fact, God, I need a financial miracle. And then we have, but, <laughs> you know, and what are we doing? We pull, haul, haul out the old garment, the old wineskin, the old way, it, but it's never worked in the past. I don't see why it should change now. But you see, when we state the fact, we need to have that word there that says, but, if Jesus, you know, but the will of God, the purpose of God, the promise of God is birthed in my heart and there, there's something growing in me that says, this isn't impossible. There's something growing in me that says, God can do this in my life. So there's this expectation that is birthed. And then we move to um, verse 19. So Jesus and his followers went with the man. <laughs> he went with the man. No questions asked. Doesn't, he doesn't um, qualify his faith. Now let me see. Do you, are you a man who somewhat believes, mostly believes, or really believes? Can you check one of those boxes for me? <laughs> If you ever get those questionnaires? <laughs> are you somewhat, are you satisfied? Somewhat satisfied? Very disappointed? <laughs> so what, does, does God qualify our faith? No. He just responds to the faith. So this follows him, and Jesus just starts following him. Verse 20, and on the way, interruptions. Interruptions. There was a woman, might know it had been a woman. I was just waiting for booze and things to throw at me, so I'm just sorry. Yeah. 
just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> there was a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. She came close behind Jesus and touched the bottom of his coat. She was thinking, if I can touch his coat, I will be healed. You see, what patch is she looking for? Is she looking for a new patch? Is she looking for an old patch? What, what kind of soil would we put her, put her in? You know, what type of soil is her life? Well, I look at her as being, again, in good soil because she has had the old garment, the old wineskin. She's had it for 12 years, and nothing has happened. I like how the scriptures um, sometimes put in the scriptures, uh, the years. Excuse me. Twelve years that she's been ill, she has been ill. So it's putting a very pressing need upon her. Other, other uh, gospels say that she had spent all she had on the physicians. She'd virtually given up everything she, she has to, to be healed, and nothing has worked. All of the old ways didn't make it. Well, you mean going to Jesus as a last resort is Okay. The answer is yes. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter when we go, it's, but it's that we go. And so no matter what the need is, it's that we bring the need to Jesus. And she has this I idea that if I can just touch him. Now, she's doing this in secret. Why? Because she's had this bleeding problem. And she is supposed to be out of the, out of the town, out of the camp and uh, be in isolation. So for 12 years, this woman has been living in virtual isolation because of her problem. But so she has, as it were, snuck into the town and snuck in secretly in there, and if she can just touch the hem of his garment, things will change. If, but, <laughs> if I can touch. Well, you can't put scraps of the old life and old thinking of over top of a new faith. We have to see our life and our faith and what we are doing as renewing. I didn't look it up, but I know that every so many months we have uh, our skin renews itself. You know, mine doesn't shrink, it just keeps growing. But anyhow, the, the skin, you know, it renews, you know, you know old wine, it just keeps renewing. Well, our faith is a continual, ongoing renewal process. We are renewing our, fa <coughs> renewing our faith morning by morning. His mercies are renewed. Every day we, give, every day we awaken, his mercies are new every morning. Well, <coughs> she knew that if she could just touch him, Verse 21, she was thinking, if I can touch his coat, I will be healed. The other guy said, if you will lay your hand on my daughter, she'll get, she will be healed. She'll be okay. She, this lady is saying, if I can touch his garment. So which is it? Is it the garment or his hand? <laughs> it's the faith of the individual praying. You know, there are no formulas that if you recite this formula, you recite this prayer, and you do it so many times, God will answer. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way. You see, the new wine, the new message, the heavenly wine, the truth of God's word, brought into our lives, 
is a revelation. It is a revealing truth. And the revealing truth is, if, and, and we, when we bring it to God and say, God, all things are possible to those who believe. In God, I believe. I believe. And so we are affirming our belief. Well, God already knows if we have enough faith or not, but we're the ones who need to hear ourselves state our faith, state our purpose, that we're the ones who need to get through the crowds, get out of the isolation, you know, um, get out of the mold of the man from the synagogue. He wasn't supposed to go to Jesus. Not, not rulers of the synagogue. For you see, the teachings of Jesus are new garments. The teaching of God's word, uh, the, word of, <laughs> the word made flesh and dwelt among us, that teaching is new. It is new wine. And every time, every time we read the scriptures and we believe and we accept and see the truths that are brought forth into the, uh, from the word to our own lives, it's drinking of the new wine. It's allowing the Holy Spirit to work in our hearts and lives. And we're being renewed, refreshed, restored. Verse 22, Jesus turned and saw the woman. He said, be happy, dear woman. You are made well because you believed. Then the woman was healed. So what moved the hand of God? <laughs> it was her faith that Jesus' virtue, and the other gospels said virtue flowed from him. He felt the power of flow from him. You see, touching God, sometimes it's like he's got to touch me, and other times we've got to touch him. Whatever it may be, neither is wrong. Which has more faith? It's the same amount. That we are believing for God to do a work in our life and the work for the people for whom we pray. And so whether it's by God touching them or by reaching out and touching his garment, he has a way of bringing those things into our life. That virtue flows from the spirit. The spirit of God flows from God to our lives. It's that virtue. You are made well because you believe. Verse 23. Jesus continued going, to, going with the Jewish leaders and went into the leader's house. He saw people there with, who made music for funerals. And he saw a crowd of people crying loudly. This was, these were paid mourners. They represented the sorrow of the family. And so it was custom, customary for them to be there and, and be there because it was portraying the sorrow that the family felt. Kind of the old wineskin. <laughs> Verse 25. After the people were put out of the house, Jesus went into the girl's room. He held the girl's hand and the girl stood up. It wasn't the faith of the girl. It was the faith of the father to bring Jesus to the girl. You know, in the lady with the issue of blood, it was her faith that brought her to reach out and touch his garment. But it was the faith of the father that brought Jesus to the girl. 
You see, in our lives, we, can't, we don't have this. If you have enough faith, if, you, if it doesn't happen, you don't have enough faith, well, then we need to have faith for them. We need to believe for people. And sometimes we have to have the faith to step out and touch him. So that's where the soil, the good soil of our lives is where the word grows. And we're able to know that we are to pray for those in need. We are to pray for troubles. We're to pray for difficulties, to pray for our nation, to pray for the well-being of people. These are all good things. And from the soil of our life, we allow these things to grow. So we're drinking of the new wine. The new wine is Jesus Christ. The wineskin, perhaps, is the word. And the word contains, you know, the word of flesh. The word made flesh and dwelt among us. And every time we drink of the word, every time, it is, it is renewing in our lives. Every morning it is renewed. We have new promises, new hopes. There is a new desire, new direction. There's all the, all things become new. Old things pass away. New patch is on a new garment. So we have this garment of salvation and we're, our life is saved and changed in Christ. But do you ever wear new clothes and what happens? <laughs> you tear them. God puts a new patch on it to the point that you don't even know it's there. You see, God doesn't throw out the garment because there's, we make a mistake. He doesn't throw us out. There's a new patch for the new garment. There's new wine for the new wineskin. There is the, the woman who has faith to believe and go through the crowd and press through the doubts and get away from the laws that say she's supposed to stay out of town. And she breaks through all of those things to touch his garment. And then there's the man from the synagogue who's supposed to dis despise Jesus and he says, invites him to his house to touch the girl. Wow. What soil do we have? There's a transformation that takes place when the seed, the word of God, grows in our life. It grows something different in each one. Faith exhibits itself differently in each one of us. And sometimes we're the woman reaching out and touching. Sometimes we're the man saying, come and touch this, my daughter. We, we are to bring the need to the Lord and state what it is. And the but that we put in there is, but your promise says. This is my need, but your promise says. I will supply all of your needs according to my riches and glory. This is my problem, but nothing is impossible to those who love God. You see how all these things, we have that need and we have the word, the but, not going back to the old wineskins, but going back to the new life, going ahead to the new life, the new word, the love of God in our hearts and lives. Father, forgive us for our sins. <laughs> forgive us of our discomfort in knowing you and being close to you. Let that with new wine of the Holy Spirit refresh us in our hearts and lives, refresh our soul, refresh our outlook, refresh our minds. Let us drink of it until we are renewed and that Christ himself is reflected in all that we say and do. Because there's a new life in me, there's a new life in you. Because the new wine, the word of God, is living and active in our lives. Amen? Let's stand.
Thank you, Lord, for planting your word in our heart. The prophet Ezekiel says, A new heart also will I give you, and a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh, and I will give you a heart of flesh. God, we thank you. It's not old garments and old wineskins and old patches, but it's a new heart. It's a new life, a new spirit. It is the new wine of the Spirit of God in our lives. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing our prayers and visiting, dwelling in our thirsty souls for more of you. More of you, Lord Jesus, we ask. Let us drink of the new wine of your spirit to be refreshed, refreshed in our body, soul, mind, and spirit. Refresh us again, we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen.